Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. Are you ready to kick off the show? I am. Who we, we got ha- today? We have a great guest. A few weeks ago, we did an episode on postpartum depression, which for a, a couple of men that, that don't have children, it was a real learning experience. We, it was. We learned, we learned an incredible amount. And the feedback of the show was, was, well, very popular. A lot of people praised us for being willing to, well, just appear so ignorant. And I, <laughs> I answered... Yeah, I, I answered all of those emails with the truth. We didn't appear ignorant. We just we just really didn't know. Uh, my wife even teased me. She listened to the episode. And she's like, wow, you, you really don't know a lot, do you? <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't. It's true. So we're, we're very, very thankful to Dr. Emma Bash for, for holding our hands and, and leading us through this. But because that episode was so popular, we wanted to sort of look at the other side of it, which is the lived experience side. You know, Emma did a great job of, you know, telling us how the medical field views it, answered a lot of misconceptions. Like, for example, men can have postpartum dis- depression, people who aren't pregnant, postpartum depression, uh, just, just a lot of things that we were completely unaware of. So this week, we have Christine Hammond, who is a person who has lived through postpartum depression with two of her three children and agreed to come on the show and, and talk about what that felt like and what that was like. So I, I don't want to oversell Christine. We'll just, we'll just let her explain. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Thank you. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself, because you're, you're more than just a person who experienced postpartum depression. I mean, obviously, you're a mom, right. but you, you also are a, a writer, an author, a therapist. I mean, you, you've done a lot in this particular area. I have. And the interesting part about it is that all this studying I did about postpartum didn't even remotely prepare me to actually experience it. It was two completely different things. And while I understood the technical definition going into it, feeling it was something that was very unusual. And I have three children. So two out of my three pregnancies, I wound up with postpartum. And one of them was on the severe side. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. I, I can understand that a little bit with living with bipolar disorder. The definition of bipolar disorder, it, it is accurate to what I am going through, but frankly, it just doesn't do it justice. And living with bipolar disorder is hard, but I, I don't have a child. So it, it's just me that I have to contend with. So I can't imagine going through something as severe as postpartum depression and also have a newborn baby. What's that... Can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Sure. So I'll, I'll give you the two examples. So my first child, premature, and I was totally unprepared as a first-time mom for dealing with a preemie who had to be hooked up to a heart monitor and had a very strict feeding schedule. And basically the whole world had to revolve around his feeding ha- times and habits. That was just so exhausting for me. And the exhaustion and the lack of sleep just really wore on me. When you have to feed a child every two hours and it takes you over an hour to feed them, that really doesn't give you very much time for sleep in between. So my sleep was very, very short and limited. And I, and I believe that that greatly contributed to the postpartum depression the first go around. 
so that one was very overwhelming for me. And I feel like that came from a, just a complete place of exhaustion. Whereas the second time around, which was only 18 months later, so 18 months after our first child was born, our second one was born. And I had just woken up in the middle of the night and went to feed my child and started crying and literally could not stop. And I was afraid I was going to die. And I was afraid that she was going to die. And I had such intense fears and such this overwhelming kind of heaviness and darkness that came over me that I literally could not shake it. And that's when I had to go get some help so I could get some treatment for it. So it was, both times were very different for each child. And, and it was very overwhelming to have, in the first case, a child who had um, some pretty serious medical conditions that needed attention. And then in the second case, I still had a very young child on top of a baby and then the postpartum. That sounds very scary. Thank you so much for sharing. I, we really appreciate your candor. Christine, can you tell um, us about how long each of those depressions lasted? Sure. The first one probably went on for about a good four months before I got treatment because I didn't really know what was going on. Like I knew intellectually what postpartum was, but I didn't know that's what it felt like, um, that I could feel like complete exhaustion and totally overwhelmed. So I went too long without getting any treatment. And then once I did get treatment for it, um, it was a couple weeks later after I got an antidepressant that I was able to start to get a little bit more stable, but it probably didn't go away until about six months after my child was born. And then the second time around, um, that was much more severe and that came on really fast, actually, probably within two weeks of having my child did I start to experience that level of severity. So I sought help fairly soon right after that was happening because I knew that that was completely wrong. Like I, you know, knew enough to know that when you have those thoughts, you got to get help right away. And I went into my doctor's office and literally could not say one word. I just started crying and sobbing uncontrollably. And he just gave me a hug and he wrote me a prescription and um, had some pills on him that he made me take before I left. And then within about a month, I started to feel a little bit better. And it was another six months later, I would say, before I was fully done with the postpartum depression. One of the things that I want to touch on that, that you said that I think speaks to a lot of the members of our audience is you're a mental health professional. You understood what postpartum depression was. And what you said specifically was that you didn't even realize it. It kind of, it, it, it still was able to sneak up on you. Can you, can you Absolutely. speak to that? Absolutely. I, yeah. I think you can really relate to that with anything, not even just with postpartum, just mental health issues in general. They just have a way of kind of going boo. Well, I think that's the beauty of our profession, right? That, um, you know, you're looking from the outside, you're looking on somebody else's issues and you're able to see more clearly exactly what's going on. Because when you're in the middle of it, you have no idea what's actually happening to you. And, and the, that kind of like darkness and depression and sadness, the, the first go around, I was so afraid to tell anybody what I was feeling or thinking because I was embarrassed. I was ashamed by it. Um, I thought people were going to think I was a bad mother. Uh, so I like sucked it up and I didn't say anything at all. And I held it all in. And um, it wasn't until I saw my doctor that I was able to get the help I needed. And he, of course, recognized it immediately in me. And that's when I was able to get proper treatment. So, so the interesting part is from the outside looking in, it's much easier to see than it is trying to look out. 
Very interesting. Thank you. One of the things that you mentioned there is, you know, you felt embarrassed by this. So that speaks to the stigma that goes with depression. And I can't speak, you know, from personal experience, obviously, but what would you say the level of stigma is, generally speaking, for postpartum depression? Oh, it, it is so huge. And the reason it's so huge is because you have this kind of like Norman Rockwell image of what it's supposed to be like, mommy with a baby and you're cuddling all the time and everything is perfect and everything is fine and you're supposed to be excited when you're around your baby. But when you're suffering with postpartum, a lot of that excitement or joy is just, quite frankly, completely absent. You might feel it in little spurts, but then it goes away. Heaviness just seems to settle on top of you. And, and that's the part that is just so shaming you feel what's wrong with me like you know is am i am i this selfish that i can't even be happy about having a baby like what is it that's causing this problem and and so i i didn't talk about it the first time and the second time um got some help pretty quick but but it was it it was so embarrassing that i i was afraid literally to say something, especially to my own husband and definitely my own mother. I can tell you that right now. Oh, thank you so much. Let's go ahead and step away for a moment to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we'll, we'll learn more from Christine. We'll be right back, everyone. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face -face session. Go to BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central. Welcome back. We are here with Christine Hammond speaking about her lived experience with postpartum depression. Christine, I know that you have three children and your third pregnancy, I guess, was much, uh, a much better experience for you. You want to tell us about it? Sure. It really was. Um, and I'm not quite sure the reason why, to be honest with you. Um, fortunately for me, I had the same doctor for all three pregnancies. So after the delivery of the third child, he literally did not let me leave the hospital without having pills in hand. Um, and I was given strict instructions to take it the very second I felt down or upset or anything, even slightly. But I never did. It was the most bizarre thing. And, and I, even more shocking was that she, our third child was born 18 months after the second child. So I had three kids age three and under at the same time. And you would have thought that that would have thrown anybody over the edge. Um, but it, 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 but it didn't for some reason, I don't know what it was. And believe me, I wasn't any more organized. I was definitely less organized the third time around, but I, I have no idea why it was, I wasn't affected the third time. It, it just goes to show you that every pregnancy is different. You know, right. every pregnancy and every birth is different and you can't just take it for granted that you did have it one time and therefore you're going to have it the next or you've never had it before and therefore you don't have to worry about it. That's just not true. Everybody's so at risk. I'm going to assume, though, that you probably were worried about it since it happened the first two times. How worried were you that it was going to happen again? Very, actually. And my doctor was even more so worried because of how severe the second time had gotten. And so um, we were all very worried that I was going to get it a third time, but it never happened. 
Wonderful. Now, one of the interesting things I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, you, you had it the, the, the first two times, you had postpartum depression, the first two pregnancies, but you mm-hmm. wanted a third child and it was worth the risk to you. Yeah, she was kind of a surprise. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was one of those moments where you were thinking that you were going to wait longer to have a third child, but then that didn't happen. And so there you go. Then she was born. So she was our surprise baby. Well, your, your children will, will, as children go, will, will never fully appreciate what you went through in order to bring them into this world. But you did, and you went through a lot. And, and that's, that's not cool that you had to go through all that. But it's, I guess what I'm trying to say in, in the manliest way possible, so it's a <laughs> terrible wording of a question, is was it worth it? And of course, you can't say no, it wasn't. So, but, but can you talk on that? I mean, you went through a lot. Mental health problems are painful. And it was worth it for your kids. And that's like the ultimate thing that mothers do for their children. And you did it right from the start. Yeah, it definitely was worth it. I can tell you just like even going through labor, because I went through labor for all three of the kids, um, going through that and all of that pain, it's definitely worth it on the back end. All of my kids are teenagers now, which is its own challenges all by itself. Um, (laughs) which that is a whole nother episode. I'm sure for you, it's some other different day, but so, so yes, I, I love having my kids and, and I love who they've become and it's been great to be part of the journey, but I do think it's important that people not be afraid to talk about what they've experienced in regards to postpartum depression, because silence is the, is the biggest enemy for this disorder. That makes perfect sense. Here's a question that I have, and I don't know if you can speak on it, but how did your husband feel about all of this? What was his role in it from your perspective? I mean, what did he do? I, I look at how clueless me and Vin were. How, how did your husband factor in? You know, our first child, because there was so much medical stuff going on and, and we had to be around him all the time, neither one of us paid attention to how either one of us were feeling. And he just kind of like sucked all the energy out of, every room that he went into, our child did, because of how demanding his needs were. So as a result, he wasn't any more aware that I had it than I was aware that I had it, because we were both so caught up in everything that had to be done. The second go around, he pretty much knew something was wrong. He was afraid to say something to me, because that is can be dangerous when you're hormonal and you've just given birth and you know you don't know quite how right to say things or when to say things so I think he was pretty fearful of saying something to me and saying the wrong thing Um, but he definitely noticed it the second time and he missed it like I did the first you know for some guys that state is pretty much constant not knowing how to (laughs) (laughs) yeah I never know what to say Um... (laughs) I don't have any kids and I'm clueless even as we're sitting here right now. <laughs> so Christine, if you had uh, a couple words of wisdom for other, other mothers who are experiencing this or have experienced this, what, what, what do you got to, to offer them? The, probably the biggest thing that I struggled with was thinking that it was never going to end and that I was always going to feel this way. And somehow this sadness would last for the rest of my kid's life. And that is just not true. I think that's a lie of the disorder um, that happens to you where you feel like this darkness is always going to be there and you're never, ever going to recover and you're never going to feel better. And that is a lie. And because you will and you can, um, it just takes some courage to reach out to somebody and get some help. 
because once you do get the help that you need, everything does start to get better slowly. It's not a quick thing, but it is a slow thing. And little by little, inch by inch, um, you can start to really feel what it's like to enjoy having your baby around you and enjoy being around your child. One of the things that, that you said was that society sort of has this Norman Rockwell picture of motherhood. Do you think that that makes it even worse that society is just judging mothers left and right? I, I was going to say they're judging parents left and right, but, but no, they're specifically judging moms a lot of the time. And even in the mental health community, when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, a lot of people thought, well, it's your mom's fault. It's like, well, you know, my, my dad was hanging around. Why isn't it his fault? Oh, because dads don't raise the kids. Do you, does, does this factor in and make it even worse? It absolutely does. Yes. And because you, you already feel bad enough as it is that you're going through the experience. And then society, you know, the funny thing about um, what society does to women, especially pregnant moms, is there's like these ridiculous expectations. Like, you know, you have to do a natural childbirth and you can't, you know, use any drugs and then you have to breastfeed and you can't bottle feed and like, oh, you're not doing holistic and you're giving your kids vaccines. And there's just ridiculous standards for moms. And somehow you're not a good enough mom if you don't do it the way that whatever the latest trend is that society says that you're supposed to follow. And of course, postpartum doesn't fall into any of those. So you even feel more isolated and more withdrawn if you choose to do one of these abnormal ways of having a baby, on top of which you're feeling sad all the time. And then people blame you. They're like, oh, well, if you did it this way, then you won't have that problem. Or if right. you, you know, breastfed instead of bottle fed, then it wouldn't be a problem for you. Like, it, it's just ridiculous, the standards that are set and the expectations that are set. And society does do a terrible job um, of mothers of what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to be without any regard for what is what just comes natural for the mom and for the baby. Because those are the two that really need to, to connect in order to not only do well, but in order to thrive. Right. I'm so thankful you were able to, to push past that. Right. You know? Yeah, definitely. Me too. My last question for you, Christine, as a mental health counselor, how many times have you, have you had, uh, had clients who have postpartum depression? Quite a bit, actually. Um, I've probably had about a dozen clients that have had it. I had one very severe case. Um, that had a psychotic break in addition to the postpartum. And fortunately, I was able to get in touch with her family as soon as I noticed it and get her the help and treatment that she needed right away. So there was no harm to either her or her children. So I've dealt with it everywhere from just the mild cases all the way to the very, very severe ones. I think having experienced it has opened my eyes and given me a certain level of sensitivity. It's definitely, I see that somebody's pregnant and it's the first thing I start looking at and I start looking for as soon as they bring their baby in and I just check for it all the time. And then when and if I feel like it needs to be addressed, I address it with my clients, regardless of whether they bring it up with me. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. We're glad to hear that your family is doing great. We are sorry that they have become teenagers and hopefully they will become. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the sympathy. I need it. Lots of it. We really appreciate your, your candor and honesty. It's, it's difficult to talk about these things. You know, like you said, it, society thinks that feeling this way goes to the core of who you are as a person and who you are as a mother. And you're, you're striking back against that by being honest and hopeful, uh, but not sugarcoating it. So 
we really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, yes. thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, you're very welcome. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in. And remember, you can get one week of free, convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere by visiting betterhelp.com slash psych central. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.